Hello and welcome to the You and Me podcast, the podcast for real brides looking for real advice. So welcome to our bonus episode and today we will be discussing how do you decide on a guest list, shall I say. Um, You know, is it awkward to wear what if you're not bride? Um, And something about parents. So... Uh, can they invite, you know, who they want and what kind of involvement do they have in a wedding if they are putting money towards a wedding? So we Ooh, will... Fun discussions today. Yes. So we will launch into our discussion. I think, you know, we're recording on a Sunday morning and it's the 8th of November and this, I think maybe about a week and a half, this episode will kind of come out, but... Uh, Danielle Andrews has come out with some more information that Laura might be able to discuss. Did you, did you just call him Danielle Andrews? No. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. I just can't talk properly this morning. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I think I must just be hearing just craziness today because today he has come out and said that we can have 100 people at a wedding in a venue from the 22nd of November. So that is, we are waiting on guidelines. And so by the time this episode airs, um, we'll have a heap more information. So obviously what we do, um, we post stories and give you quick tips. So what we'll be doing is just keeping everybody updated um, as the guidelines come out. Usually when Dan makes like... An announcement on the Sunday. It's kind of not really until the Monday, Tuesday that the wedding industry gets, um, you know, some really solid guidelines. Um, but that's really exciting. That is really exciting for people who, um, you know, are looking. Well, have been holding off for Feb, March, and April. Um, Hundred people at a venue you know, in three Mm. weeks time is just incredible. So super exciting. Um, Unfortunately, at the moment, it's still only 10 people at a private residence. Um, That's a bit of a killer. (laughs) We've got so many private properties this year. no marquee weddings Um, just yet, unless you want to invite 10 people. Well, this is it. And, um, you know, I think think for us, I think for private property – um, what we're going to be really driven by because a lot of our work over the next um, sort of 12 to 18, 24 months now because of the way everything's pushed out is private property um, weddings. But it will all be determined on how well we can get through venue weddings um, with 100 people without any crazy spikes in cases. So I feel like there should be good news for private property weddings in the not so distant future. Um, you know, by the end of the year, I'd expect a really good roadmap for private residences. But you know what? Let's just take that win of 100 people today and um, we'll just continue and to update everybody. And the thing that makes it so that. hard for you is there's no kind of union or wedding industry, you know, leaders that can kind of direct everybody on what they need to actually be doing which is really odd it's really it's really weird and it's weird because the new south wales government and the queensland government where we have taken a lot of our knowledge base and covid safe planning from these guys and what they are doing up there because you know they've got 300 people in new south wales allowed at a wedding as of the first of december so they're leaps and bounds ahead of us um but 
we've taken a lot of what those guys have been um, working with over the last sort of three months for their weddings and putting in some COVID safe plans in place for our own businesses that I know everybody is doing. Um, But they've got a document, like a 50-page document that outlines every element of a wedding and everything that you can do with all those individual elements where at the moment for us, we need to go, you know, as a planner, I need to go and check in with the hospitality guidelines for all our caterers and I need to check in with the entertainment guidelines for all, um, you know, our bands and our DJs and how many people are allowed on site, what instruments that they can and can't use and how far away the singer needs to be from everybody else. So, at the moment, we've got to go to each individual element and check their guidelines before reporting back to clients. Whereas up north, they've kind of got this incredible um, 50-page document that allows us to, well, allows them to be able to basically hand that over to the couples and say, this is what we're working with. Let's work in a wedding. So I know that that has been sent by our industry to um the Dan Andrews government and I know that there is constant push from us um, to be able to try and follow suit into something that is at least pretty, um, you know, it's easy for us and for couples to understand but we're just going to have to wait. But we will take 100 people at a venue any any time of the day at the moment so it's really exciting and I'm so happy for couples that are just going to start to be um, – know get excited again because they're going to be able to get married Woohoo! How we can good. only hope there's no third wave oh i know <laughs> don't want to freak you out nah. all right let's jump into the question so okay. number one is from samantha and her question is so she wrote this into us how do you decide on a guest list how do we decide if we invite work friends and sport friends and old friends we can't have everyone, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Because like we were chatting in our last episode about budget, the more you have, the more you'll spend. Um, look, when chatting to my couples, there's always a few elements that I think really test them in the planning process. And anyone that's got married, I think they're, they're generally the same things. So choosing a venue is really hard. Um, it's amazing how free <laughs> people feel once they pick a space because then they've got a date, um, half the time if they've got a venue, they've got caterer, food, they've got a structure, roof over their head. So that that's a big, um, you know, that's a big thing that they need to make a decision on. Seating your guests at the reception is another thing if you're doing a sit-down. It's amazing how stressful that can be for people. Um, but actually deciding on the guest list, sometimes it's a ceiling point where so many couples tap out multiple times before they finally get to a number if they're not, you know, super restricted with their their venue. So some guest lists are decided on venue caps, um, some on location, you know, like if you're having a destination wedding, um, your 150 that you might have had if you're having it in Melbourne might not necessarily make it over to wherever you're having it or you might not you know be able to um but most couples have like five excel spreadsheets going on with priority lists and then wish lists and then what if she can't come lists and you know limitations aside though I think it's really easy to begin but I think most couples will tell you 
that it's not as easy to stop at a certain number because there's always that extra person. Mm. So you'll, I mean, gosh. I always think about who, um, you know, I've been messaging in my phone and who contacts me. Yeah, totally. You know, go through your Instagram, your Facebook mm. messages, your, yeah. you know, who are you in regular contact with? If you're not in, con- you know, you haven't spoken to that person in, you know, six to eight months, put them at the bottom. That's it. That's it. They're you know, on who, the maybe list for sure. Yeah, like yeah. Who, who reaches out to you when a special event occurs in your life, you know. Yeah. You know, are you going to invite that neighbour that, you know, you might chat to on a weekly basis? And yeah, <laughs> You know, you've drummed up a good relationship with and, yeah. you know, things like that. Just, you know, calm down. People are not, people won't be offended, will they, if no. they're not invited to your wedding either? Well, you would expect most people not to be offended. You know, you'll always be confronted with the obligatory guest invites, you know, the ones that you were friends when you were kids or, or you your, your mum's best friends. friend that yep. you perhaps haven't seen for five years but your mum you know is best friends yeah yeah exactly you know your footy coach your hairdresser oh yeah teddy's dog walker like the your dogs (laughs) your dog's dog walker it's just yeah there are all these obligatory invites that you know a lot of people tend to put them down on their on their final guest count or their, their guest run um and then can't figure out how to cut the guest list when they're over and above what they wanted to mm. um so I think you know there are some some little things that you can do to help you define your lists um and and like you just said before like who's in your life right now who do you text right now um who's present and involved with who you guys are as a couple and um, I guess too do you see them being around long term well that's because it. sometimes you have these temporary friends yeah you know maybe perhaps you know, they might be, you know, your work friends, but you, you think I'm not going to keep in contact with them after no. work. Or yeah, because you don't have anything outside of work in common. Yeah. Right. So it's yep. just those. Yep. Yeah. They're, and they're the hard ones. And I think they're the ones that people stress about a whole heap. And, you know, sometimes you could have met this person at the gym or met this person at the same time that you go to the beach with your dog every day and they could actually be your people. You know, you don't always find your best, best friends when you're young. Like sometimes later in life, you might have only known somebody for two years, but you actually get along with them and have more in common with them than you do somebody who you might have been friends or acquaintances with 30 years. Yeah. But some oh. people still see it as like, oh, are you like, can I invite them? I've what, only what known about, them for two years. What about those people though that um, they invited you to their wedding and you went but you've kind of slipped out of contact with them a little bit are you obliged to invite them if they invited you oh my gosh no way no so tick them off not at all it's a hard thing you've got to be brutal you've got to be so brutal with a guest list it's really hard but no I don't think you need to invite somebody you know just because they invited you to their wedding doesn't necessarily mean if they're getting married three years later that you're the same type of friends that you were back then and I think that for the people who have been married they should understand the cost involved in a wedding and understand how hard it is to make those calls for your guest list so no I would not say that you need to Um, as well what about friends (laughs) do they need a plus one if they're single because I've got a problem with this like I started seeing my partner Sam yeah 
And I think we might have been together for about five months, maybe in a relationship. And there was a few weddings. However, in saying that, invites would have gone out before I met Sam. But I couldn't attend them and it was kind of a bit awkward Mm. because I got to know that couple. And because Sam was single at the time that they sent the invite out. Yeah. But like, oh, it's just so hard. Like I remember being a bit offended, not really mm. understanding because, you know, I did, hadn't had my own wedding. It was a bit early in our relationship. We we're a bit younger. Not many yeah. people were having weddings. So I didn't really. And I was so, so offended that he just got invited and, you, you were know, all our couple kind of friends yeah. went and here I was sitting there on my lonesome, like I was still single and not being Aww. invited. Yeah, it's hard. So do and- single friends <laughs> need a plus? Do they need Is a that, plus one? Because I feel like back in the day, that would have been a real thing that would have happened that people did always got a plus one but for sure I don't what do you think well do you know what I don't think you necessarily need to look it's a really easy way to cut your guest list like if you just had all your single friends and you just cut all, all all your friends that have been dating new partners or maybe you've got friends that like flip partners all the time and they're always like this person's the one and then three weeks later they're like broken up and then oh this person's the one and then a month later the one doesn't exist anymore so look I think the one doesn't exist anymore (laughs) the one's gone (laughs) but it's like if you're going to cut them make sure that you seat the single ones on a table with people that they're super comfortable with so that they don't feel awkward and they don't feel left out um, I think it also depends on how restrictive you are for your guest list. Like if you are really like really struggling with numbers, then it's just a no-brainer because you're either going to cut out a, rela- a week-long relationship or you're going to cut out your best friend from work. You've got to weigh those kind of things up. So um, kind of reminds me of um, wedding crashes. You know, yeah. when you're sitting at the table, yeah. you're single with all the... <laughs> Children, which brings me to my next Don't point. <laughs> With all the ki- oh, the kids. Do you need to limit children? I hate when I know that I'm pregnant. I'm going to be having, but I don't know. I just children. It's not a place weddings for children to be there. I absolutely <laughs> love my children. Like any parent does to death. They are the light of my life. I would never take them to a wedding if I didn't have to. It was. It would be under severe duress that I would take them firstly not only for the fact that you don't want the attention you don't want them to ruin a couple's day but you as a parent also well this is just me okay so completely opinion based but I want to be able to relax and I want to go and have a good time with my friends and I don't want to have to go and worry about is my child behaving themselves and what are they doing? I just want to go and have fun. What do you do if you're a couple though, Mm. sending out invites and you've got friends that perhaps maybe have small children or babies, do you say at the bottom of your invite, no children allowed or... How do you get the message across? Yes, 100% would say this would be an adults only event, but I also would contact your friends that you know have kids and just say, look, this is what we're putting on the invite. This is the reason. So you need to specifically state it out to people and spell Um, it out? I I would if you don't want the questions. If you're at a stage in your life where majority of your friends and family um, have kids or children, children under 16, so actual kids, 16-year-olds, no, they might not want to particularly be there, but they are mature enough to sit there and not cause a scene. You know, little kids <laughs> under that, maybe not. So I would I would just be like, look, if you really don't want it as a personal choice, 
definitely have it on the invite and say this is an adults only event. But I would contact your friends and I would just say, look, this is why, or your family, this is why I'm not having it. Or I am having my family's children and that's it. I hope you understand, you know, not I hope you understand. I expect that you would understand. Mm. Most people would. Um, You know, some might run into issues about not being able to find babysitters. You do generally have kind of 12 months, but some might not feel comfortable leaving their children. You know, obviously babies are a totally different kettle of fish. So, so someone brings their pram and their small child. Yeah, I mean, and you know, newborn. breastfed babies as well. Like that's not as easy to just be like, my baby doesn't take a bottle and it's only a few weeks old. So there are, there are obvi- with anything to do with weddings, there's always like the additional option that you've got but if if you're stuck on because kids are charged per head over a certain age generally I think it's over 12 they're less than an adult charge at most places but they're still charged so if you have a beautiful big family but you've got 20% of your guest list are kids over the age of 12 yeah then you you are going to be adding to that well, cost there and the guest you count. could say children can attend you could say it say it politely on your invite children can attend the um, ceremony, but or just say it, and then people might get the hint that yeah. they're not invited to the reception. Yeah, absolutely. You know, children are welcome to the um, ceremony. Only. Ceremony, just leave yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, like if there is a parent that has a real issue, if you talk to them about the reason why you're not necessarily having children there in the first place, then they'll feel comfortable to come to you and say, "Hey, look, I've tried." all these different options. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to attend because of the kids. And then it's up to you guys to be like, okay, well, do we let this one lone child through the gates or do Mm, we not? mm, It's mm. a hard one though. It can be a real struggle, but you know, you you need to be aware that you'll probably make five lists, lists before you settle on, you know, the definites. And at the end of the day, if you need a cull, Blame the limitations of your venue. Yeah, totally. And you can't control them or COVID or anything. <laughs> That's it. Um, or your wedding planner said no. It's a good one. Question two. So we put this out as a poll on um, our oh. Instagram. <laughs> um, and I think obviously a lot of people were against this. The question is, is it awkward if I wear white and I'm not the bride? I know the bride is wearing blush, so we won't even be in the same color. And I really don't think she'll care. Which is really funny that this question is out because I went to an engagement party maybe four years ago. And I wore white and a girl came up to me and kind of whispered in my ear. And she was like, I love your dress. And I you know, was like, oh, thank you so much. And she goes, but you're game wearing white to an engagement party and walked Ooh. off. And... <laughs> I cried. Oh. <laughs> I was so upset. Actually, I think I really remember telling me this. Yeah, I was so upset. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. I was like, I didn't know at the engagement party you weren't allowed to wear white, oh but apparently God. that was the thing. It didn't specifically say on the invite the bride is the only one wearing white to the engagement party. Really? Um, I'll never forget it though. I was in complete shock over it. Oh. And um, some people can be really passive aggressive She too. was so passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Look, to be honest, like, and this, is obviously a very unpopular opinion, but I do not think that there is an issue with a guest wearing white to a wedding. That's really funny. I disagree. Isn't it funny? <laughs> like, well, it's funny I think because there is an issue. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my god. So let's just go on to why 
brides wear white though. So the traditions associated with weddings, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So old wives' tales. Like people say things either bring them good luck or bad luck to a couple if it happens. But, you know, and we were even talking about this before we started recording about babies and what people preach as gospel is because it's worked for them. And it's kind of the same with like, um, traditions or old wives tales mm. like it's all in the heart of the believer the person who's telling you so like rain on your wedding day is supposed to be good luck um if you're cake cutting knife but returns with a clean knife it's supposed to be good luck right so wearing white at one point was a symbol of celebration and affluence so since only a woman of means could afford to wear an easily soiled dress that's like google even though i always say to people don't google anything but it used to be it was a, it was a show of wealth and a show of affluence because white obviously could get really dirty yeah, and they right. would just turf it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but then the color white um was then brought in at a wedding that supposedly symbolized purity or virginity which for a lot of couples about to get married i mean in this <laughs> day and age kind of doesn't really apply anymore you know well you know, i don't know don't does know. it uh, that's big. maybe a poll that we should actually have Not for how me, many of anyway. you <laughs> How um, many is still? I'm also pregnant at the yeah. moment before my wedding, so that's a no go. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny, you know. Everyone on our poll disagreed. I think it was ninety four percent said everybody you should not wear white to a wedding. So we're all against you, Laura. I know. Oh God, I'm Which that is really bad funny guest. coming from someone that's wedding planning and stylist. But <laughs> no, I don't think you should. I don't even if the nah. bride's not wearing white. Nah. just don't. Is that I know I got had told a off wearing white, yeah. white to an engagement, but I'm telling you, someone will tell you off at the wedding, so just don't wear white. They probably will. I think, look. I, I, maybe perhaps if your bridesmaids are in white mm. or the, you know, the mother of the bride or something's in white as well um, and you've signed that off, but I don't think yeah, guests okay. should rock up to a wedding. Yeah. I think like anything to do with a wedding, like – the respectful thing to do if you're concerned about anything or if you're doing something that's against the norm is communicate or talk to the bride. You know, if you don't want to ask her outright, that's kind of okay. I think it might actually be better to just like feel the waters and see what her reaction is. If, you, if oh my gosh, like would you wear white to a wedding? If she was like, no way, then do not wear white. But, you know. What about like white with a pattern? So your dress is white, but it might have like some flowers or florals on it or I don't know. Yeah, see, I think it's totally... No, I I don't. Fine. (laughs) Hey, Um, let us know. DM us. (laughs) Totally. Can you wear white? And how many of you are virgins before you get married? (laughs) Because that's really the thing here. Yes. Um, Yes. But obviously, let me totally clarify though. You cannot wear a wedding-inspired white gown. Like I'm talking... A football game. A football no. game, like a chul and a like length and a train. Like, no, like that's obviously totally different. But yes, you can wear no, white. I'm, I'm disagreeing with Bring you. Bring it on. No. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. Last question. Okay. Our parents have paid for some oh. of our reception. Yep. Which is so nice of them. But now we are having to not invite some of our friends because they all want theirs. We don't even remember some of the people they want to invite yeah the the whole like we pay we get a say kind of deal right look if we're being super honest for a minute because this episode's all about honesty um 
I personally did not want my in-laws contribution. Um, there were too many you owe me's hanging over my husband and my head for me to really want to accept the gift that, you know, that they were really generously being able to give us. Um, but I would have preferred to have just paid for the entire portion yeah. of our wedding ourselves. But there is also a point and that, you know, maybe it being in-laws, maybe it's different feeling as well. But, you know, there is also a point where I just kind of had to let go of what I wanted as much as I didn't want that to happen and let go of the principle um, and just make a decision or like concede the point and let it happen because you pick your battles in your wedding prep and make sure you pick the right ones because well, you could end up spending a lot of time fighting. Well, we've had no friends reason. that, you know, are from big Italian families who yeah. obviously the parents, you know, pay for the entire wedding and yeah. want to invite this many guests. And they said, whatever amount of guests you want to invite, you just pay for. So if you, you know, if you're inviting 50 guests on, you know, that's who you want, fine. But you pay for every single one of those guests that's attending and we'll grab the rest, which I think is a good way to, you know, your parents are pressuring you to invite people. You say, yep, invite them, but yeah. you can pay for them. But like you have to pay. Yeah. You and pay that's, for every single one of your friends. Yeah, totally. And that's just, you know, that's making sure you've got a venue that actually allows you to fluctuate yeah, if guest you numbers are like able that to too. do that um, you know um there's i think again and i, I don't i don't know I, ca- I can't say it anymore but communication's so important and it's so important to do it early you know talk about your venue limit and the people who um how many that they can have where you really want to get married and talk about your ceiling price and like have a list of your friends. And then if your parents want to contribute or want to bring their own, bring your list of your friends and who you want there first and say, okay, well, our venue can hold a hundred. We've got 60 or we've got 50. There's 40. Oh, oh my God. I can't even do my maths today. <laughs> We've got 50 people. There's now 50 people left that you both sides of the family can split and you yeah. get to choose 25 each. Um, you know, I think that it's just a really matter of, yeah, cool, I think it's a matter of that negotiation because if they're yeah, putting money in there. for something, um, perhaps, you know, if they want particular things, then you, you need to negotiate with them if they're yeah putting their money in. Like I know, you know, if my mom, I don't know, but if she put money in, she's so easygoing. She'd be like, you just do what makes you happy. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. you want at the end of the day. And she'd never pressure me to invite anyone. She'd yeah. be like, you know, it'd be great if you could have, but if you, you can't, that's totally fine. So yeah. yeah, I think really important to keep that line of communication open yeah. with, yeah, I do too. you know, your parents or family that are putting in that money and, you know, perhaps before they do it, so you don't run into complications, you know, if they're paid so much and yeah. they're demanding all these things yeah. uh, that you're not happy with. Yeah. Ha- have the conversation in place before and mm. if you're not happy with whatever they want, then pay, you know, you'll pay for it yourself. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I know because there are some like it's so nice and refreshing to hear like your mum wouldn't put you under that. But there are some parents out there that's – have been waiting a lifetime for this one day for their child mm. and you know they want to share their day the day of their child's marriage with their closest friends and you might not necessarily remember them all that much yeah. but they've watched you grow and they've been there for your whole um your whole you know your whole life basically even though they haven't been right with you so mm. um 
like I sort of said just before, before you completely like cut ties with, you know, any additional parental guest numbers, I think that people just need to stop and think of how big a deal the additional guest or two from your parents' side is. Mm -hmm. And if it's not that big a deal, just just embrace it um, because it's a special moment for everybody involved. I think it's really beautiful that your parents can sit back and watch with their best friends, you know, a really monumental occasion in, in your family's life, which is a wedding. Um, but if it doesn't work, and that's okay too, just early on in the piece, I think you need to be really honest and just be like, look, we're really struggling. We don't want to spend X amount of money. The venue's really small. We can only have this many people I'm really sorry but we we can't you know we can't add on the additional um, person because that means we need to change venues Mm. like most parents would probably turn around and be like I'm not going to make you change your venue just so that we can have our neighbors from back home great idea Mm. maybe we'll put a poll out on our Instagram the you and me podcast and ask our listeners if parents are pitching in for their wedding or they're paying it for it themselves it'd be interesting to see yeah yeah especially in this day and age Mm -hmm. how many people are you know we're not 21 anymore yeah we're business women and men and have our own lives and yeah but you know weddings are expensive so expensive (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's it for today so next week on the you and me podcast we'll talk to all about the one so the dress we mean not your partner Mm -hmm. how do you know it's the one for you how much time should you give when ordering your dress and is it off the rack okay for your wedding day so if you have any questions or would like our advice simply record your memo and slide on into our instagram dms or leave us an email with your voice message attached to hello at you and me podcast dot so thank you for for listening. listening and we'll see you next week bye